beautiful thing and said, sobbing, that indeed she was afraid she was but a childish widow and would be but a childish mother if she lived. No, 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 said Miss Betsy, have some tea. What do you call your girl? I don't know that it will be a girl yet, ma'am, said my mother innocently. Bless the baby, exclaimed Miss Betsy. I don't mean that, I mean your servant. Peggotty, said my mother. Peggotty, repeated Miss Betsy with some indignation. Do you mean to say, child, that any human being has gone and got herself named Peggotty? It's her surname, said my mother faintly. Mr. Copperfield called her by it because her Christian name is the same as mine. Here, Peggotty, cried Miss Betsy, opening the door. Tea, your mistress is a little unwell. Don't dawdle. Having issued this mandate, and having looked out to confront the amazed Peggotty, Miss Betsy shut the door again and sat down as before with her feet on the fender. "'You are speaking about it being a girl,' said Miss Betsy. "'I have no doubt it will be a girl. I have a presentiment that it must be a girl. "'Now, child, from the moment of birth of this girl—' "'Perhaps, boy,' my mother took the liberty of putting in. "'I tell you I have a presentiment that it must be a girl,' returned Miss Betsy. "'Don't contradict.' From the moment of this girl's birth, child, I intend to be her friend. I intend to be her godmother, and I beg you'll call her Betsy Trotwood Copperfield. There must be no mistakes in life with this Betsy Trotwood. She must be well brought up and well guarded from reposing any foolish confidences where they are not deserved. I must make that my care. There was a twitch of Miss Betsy's head after each of these sentences, as if her own old wrongs were working within her. "'And was David good to you, child?' asked Miss Betsy, when she'd been silent for a little while and these motions of her head had gradually ceased. "'Were you comfortable together?' "'We were very happy,' said my mother. "'Mr. Copperfield was only too good to me.' "'What? He spoiled you, I suppose,' returned Miss Betsy." For being quite alone and dependent on myself in this rough world again? Yes, I fear he did indeed, sobbed my mother. Ha! Poor baby, mused Miss Betsy, with her frown still bent upon the fire. Do you know anything? I beg your pardon, ma'am, faltered my mother. About keeping house, for instance, said Miss Betsy. Not much, I fear, returned my mother, not so much as I could wish. But Mr. Copperfield was teaching me, and I hope I should have improved, being very anxious to learn, if the great misfortune of his death... My mother broke down again and could go no further. You'll make yourself ill, said Miss Betsy. And you know that will not be good either for you or my goddaughter. Come, you mustn't do it. This argument had some share in quieting my mother, though her increasing indisposition had perhaps a larger one. There was an interval of silence, only broken by Miss Betsy's occasionally ejaculating ha as she sat with her feet upon the fender. David had bought an annuity for himself with his money, I know, said she by and by. What did he do for you? Uh, Mr. Copperfield, said my mother, answering with some difficulty, was so considerate and good as to secure the reversion of a hundred and five pounds a year. You might have done worse, said my aunt. The word was appropriate to the moment. My mother was so much worse that Peggotty, coming in with the tea-board and candles, and seeing at a glance how ill she was, conveyed her upstairs to her own room with all speed, and immediately dispatched Ham Peggotty, her nephew, who had been for some days past secreted in the house as a special messenger in case of emergency, to fetch the nurse and doctor.
These allied powers were considerably astonished when they arrived within a few minutes of each other to find an unknown lady of portentous appearance sitting before the fire with her bonnet tied over her left arm. The mild doctor, Mr. Chillip, sidled into the parlour as soon as he was at liberty and said to my aunt in his meekest manner, Well, ma'am, I am happy to congratulate you. What upon? said my aunt sharply. Well, ma'am, all is now over, ma'am, and well over. My aunt eyed him narrowly. How is she? Well, ma'am, she will soon be quite comfortable, I hope, returned Mr. Chillip. Quite as comfortable as we can expect a young mother to be under these melancholy domestic circumstances. There cannot be any objection to your seeing her presently, ma'am. It may do her good. And she? How is she? said my aunt sharply. The baby, how is she? Uh, ma'am, returned Mr. Chillip, I apprehended you had known it's a boy. My aunt never said a word, but took her bonnet by the strings in the manner of a...